Like yeah. when there's throw up on your dress for sure. Well, good. I'm glad we're re- able to relive those memories during these conversations. tuning in to another episode of my not so balanced life podcast i'm Allie, and i'm natalie and it definitely shouldn't have taken us this long to record the intro so grab a snack and let's chat hey guys yeah hey welcome um we're here for your not I'm not going to say the name of the virus because I'm not trying to attract that energy, but we're here bringing the latest, the greatest, the non-virus contagion, fun stuff for you guys. You don't have to leave your house to listen to us. You don't have to step foot around germy people. You don't even have to leave your room to listen to us. Even if you're quarantined, we're here for you. So you know what? Tune in, sit back, relax, and just shut up and listen. All right? Because we got some good <laughs> for you. I think – I really think you were selling it up until you said shut up and listen. <laughs> you guys know I mean that with the kindest of hearts. I don't know. Man, you really built it up now. I want to also add to that that this is as low of a low-budget production as we can possibly get. So we're, well, we're, we do we're, have a lot of really cool stuff planned for you guys. Yes. Like a lot of guests, a lot of fun guests. Today is not one of those days, though. No, it's not. So sorry. <laughs> We're really building this episode up right out the gate. There, I wanted to go on record that this is like the most hyped up that Ali's been all week. Listen, that virus cannot catch me. Please, God. I, you know what? You know, okay, no, for real. On a serious note, like I go to sleep and I'm stressed the F out to the point where like I can't even stay asleep. Okay. That's how triggered I am. And like, I'm really trying my hardest to like calm down and like enjoy life and to like, you know, live free. But um, I wake up every morning and I'm like, wow, we're living a fucking nightmare. And that's what I wake up to in my brain saying, oh, remember when you like fell asleep and all your worries like went away? Like, hi, they're flooding back now. Okay. Well, let's, let's cover up the doom and gloom over here with with a fun little story to kick off the episode because <laughs> it ties in perfectly with what we're talking about. All right. Is it about me? Cause that's not right. It is not. I promise right. you that. All right. So five seconds. we are not putting into the stratosphere, the name of this thing that's been decimating our world right now. Okay. But this is what the story is related to. It like Voldemort virus. It, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Officially here. You heard it here first. This virus is officially the Voldemort of viruses, okay? It can suck a massive D. Anyways, so I thought I thought I was coming here. I'm wired. I'm ready. But seriously, I'll be done in like 35 minutes so I can go eat because I'm hungry. Okay. Well, quick story. So I thought I was going to MacGyver the system, okay? I was like, we got our first positive case of a person – 
diagnosed here in my county. And naturally, I was like, cool, shopping markets are going to be nuts. Let me work the system. So what does Natalie think is a perfect, perfect opportunity to test out here? Instacart. For those, this is not an ad, but for those that have not an ad, but it should be. For those that have not used Instacart before, I don't know if I could ever do grocery shopping the same way. It was so freaking easy. Light up charge in the groceries, but it was dirt simple. It's an app, website, whatever you want to call it, primarily an app. You order your groceries from it. So Natalie was like, oh, beautiful opportunity to avoid the crowd and use Instacart to handle my business from a virus prep, okay? Order it, the order goes through, no big deal. Says that your order <laughs> your order will be delivered anywhere from 11 to noon on Friday. Perfect. 11 to noon, 11, 11.15 rolls through. Says that my little shopping cart's getting filled up by my shopper. Next thing you know, noon rolls around. No one's at the door. 12.15 rolls around. No one's at the door. I get a phone call from a number from Chicago. Okay. It's my little shopper. And she said, <laughs> she said, Natalie, yo, shout out to Sean from Chicago. She's holding it down for me. She's like, hi, this is Sean. Um, I'm your shopper. Uh, yeah, I thought this was going to be a lot easier of a trip. I went to Costco. Homegirls looking for a parking spot for 30 minutes. Okay. Oh. 30 minutes. This poor soul was driving around just trying to find a parking spot. She did. She found one. The next thing you know, she goes to try and get into Costco and there's an hour and 15 minute wait just to get into Costco and that's when she called me up and basically said I can't do this and failed on my order (laughs) it was like goodbye oh my god I laughed so hard I was like the one time I try to like flex, right? The one time I try to flex my true millennial gene, right? Like, oh, right. the apocalypse is happening. So, so what am I going to do? I'm going to easy order my stuff off an app so it's delivered to my house. That way I don't have to do it myself. The one freaking time that that happens, literally my Instacart shopper is like, I can't do this for you. <laughs> So I had to reschedule my order and it's not even going to get here until 4 to 6 p.m. tomorrow. Okay. Like you might as well just go to the grocery store. Listen, if there's like not go to Costco. No, if there's one thing that I've learned from listening to Trent Sheldon's podcast, it is that do not back down. You need to protect your peace. Okay. I am not fixing to go to a grocery store. I'm not even talking about Costco. I'm just Fucking a store. Shop anywhere other than Costco? Like you're only two fucking people. Uh, yeah, we go to Winn Dixie too and Publix, but Publix is like last resort. But anyways, I'm not fixing to go to the grocery while people are going nuts right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna punch a Sharon in the face if she tries me. Okay, like that's just where we're at. Like that's just where we're at. Sean from Chicago in her face from bailing on your order. <laughs> Listen, she was so nice about it. I truly like I couldn't get mad. She's like I. <laughs> The amount of stress that I put on this woman. 
like, I felt so bad afterwards. But I was like, this is so like classic my luck. Like I, I can't even with this. So it really perfect, is. It really perfect is. Perfect segue though into this into this week's episode. So this week, my friends, segueing beautifully from the fact that Natalie is still deprived of groceries, but we'll figure out a way. The figure out a way part is what we will be talking about. We are going to be talking about resilience and what it means. And how I don't have any. (laughs) All right. Well, clearly this conversation's going in a much one-sided conversation. (laughs) Clearly this conversation's going in a much- Let me just log off the episode. Like, I'll see you guys later. It's been real. (laughs) Goodbye. Well, obviously one- one half of of the exec team over here feels like they are have some level of resilience, emotional resilience, physical resilience, whatever you want to call it. But that's what we're going to be talking about today, you guys. We've kind of been like the last couple of weeks talking about all these things related to like our physical well-being, our emotional well-being, um where we, you know, why it is good to learn different things and to fail at different things. Like we've really been unpacking this, but really the root source of all these conversations kind of goes back to this topic of resilience. So Allie, I want to really know, how would you define resilience? Crying. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No. Resilience is is um, like getting faced with something super challenging or super hard or getting completely like knocked to the ground. Like, being fired from a job, for example. So basically circa 2016 for me. Um, And like finding your way out of it, like not letting it keep you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really like the fight behind, the fight behind the result of something. And, and it's not, and the thing that I think is really important with this conversation is that resilience I feel like a lot of the time is referred to in an, or let me back up. I feel like this topic comes up when you're referring to something that is a negative experience. Like when you're, when you're talking about something that is really trying you and you know, you're trying to figure a way out, you're trying to dig, dig in the trenches and really get yourself out of whatever it is that you're going through. A lot of the times it comes up when we talk about something negative, but what a lot of people do overlook is that this trait, this um, aspect of our personalities can be really a testament of something positive also. Like when we're working towards a goal or when we're working to better ourselves in some way, like we have to dig in and really find a deeper level of ourselves when we're working through something that's really pushing us to our limits because that's where this really comes up. When we're, when we're when we are truly tasked with finding like the result of something after we've been pushed so far into the deep end of whatever it is that we're working on, that's where we need to find our resilience. So why is it important that we develop this, Sally? Well, I mean, I think it's like if you don't have – I think everybody has resilience, right? I think it's just to like a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like you're not going to – like, and again, it depends like on how far you've fallen or how far you're falling. Um, but it's super important. And I feel like everybody has it, but it, it, 
it's, it's crucial because if you don't have it, like you're just going to be defeated by everything, mm-hmm. by every single thing. And you're not going to get up and try again. Like I fall victim to this a lot because I, again, like I'm always like, I used to be this, I used to be that, but for real y'all, like I used to be resilient as fuck. Okay. Like it would get me and I'd be, and I'd cry for like, you know, a few hours. Like if I was broken up with, like, I'd be like, ah, nobody loves me. But then four hours later, I'd be like, let's go to the club, hoes. Um, but yeah, that's a different type of resilience. Um, but where do you think the shift happened? I don't, I don't know. I think it's just like, as you get older, like these types of things, like things become way more serious. Mm-hmm. things become way more serious. You start to realize the impact certain things can have on your life. Mm-hmm. And you take things way more serious and you're just, it's not just a virus that is going around and you're immune to it. You know, it's like, it, it's true. What everyone says, like, you don't think you're touchable until something happens and you're just like, Oh my God, I, like this can happen to me. Right. And, you know, like, you have to have resilience because it's going to help build up your confidence. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where the shift happened. I think I'm just getting older and things are – like, I'm a very emotional person. I don't know if you guys picked up on that yet, 54 episodes into this um, podcast. <laughs> but I'm a very, very emotional person. Like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I Granted, I only let certain people see, like – how emotional I am, but I feel very deeply for things that I truly, truly, truly care about. Mm -hmm. And it's just now that I'm older, like I, I, I just see like the consequences of things happening as a way more real possibilities. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why I think I'm not as resilient as I used to be, or maybe I didn't, th- I didn't take things seriously back then. Because well, I, don't, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of you didn't take things seriously, but I mean, to your point though, I mean, as we do grow older, we saw, we see, we see the impact of our actions a little bit more concretely. You know, we see the impact of the things that happen to us more concretely than we did when we were a kid where you know our parents shielded us from those things right but but i mean it's it's definitely important to have because we're we're not untouchable like these things can happen to us in the blink of an eye and you know i think i think for me i don't know i i didn't i feel like i have grown into my own in terms of finding a deeper strength in myself. And I feel like part of it too is that not, and I'm not going to say like my life experiences are any more heavy than the things that you've been through. Okay. So like, don't. Um, it's okay. Cause they were. Okay. So I, I just feel like I've gone through some really heavy shit that in those moments I'm like, all right, like I, I physically, I physically have hit rock bottom. Like I, I, I was like, whether it be in my relationships, whether it be in my schooling, whether it be, you know, whether it be my career. Oh, I was like schooling. I think you and I both hit rock bottom in finance. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the finance peeps that listen to us still, Rotarious but. Rotarious renegades. Rotarious. Oh my God. 
But I mean, I feel like for me, like I've just gone through such heavy shit in my life, you know, and I mean, there's things that I've been very transparent that I've talked about on the podcast here, but there's also things that have happened to me in the past that I've never talked about, you know, and those culmination of events have always brought me to a moment in time where I was like, I can make a choice. Like I I can just choose, you know, like I can either choose to let this win and to let my circumstance dictate the outcome of where I go with my life, or I can choose to go on another path and figure it out. And I feel like for me, like that's altered my perspective, like significantly. And it's crazy because Rachel Hollis said this in her conference too. Like she said that one of the things that she is most proud of herself of being is the fact that she's always been the person that could figure it out. Like it didn't ma- matter. It didn't matter like how bad it got for her. Like she, she could be hungry. Like it, it didn't, it didn't matter. Like it, whatever it was that she was trying to do, like she figured out a way to do it. And I feel like when she said that, that really resonated with me because that's how, exactly how I am. Like a lot of the stuff that I've done over the last couple of me, oh, couple of years, like I've never known how to do them. Like I, I've never known how to do them. Like stuff with my business, like I've never never known how to do it. I just enjoyed it. Um, stuff with this podcast, like we never knew how to do it. We just knew it's something that we wanted to do. And so I think it's important that, you know, we develop this quality of ourselves because it really is the driving force of what's behind us when we are so low that the only only option we have is going up. Like when things are that bad and we have no choice other than to stay where we're at or move forward, like that's where this really comes into play. Right. Now, people kind of look at it from a a different angle in terms of our commitment to something, right? So we've brought this up before in a podcast where I was talking about my experience with volleyball where I felt like I was really resilient because I stayed and played on the team, even though like it was going nowhere, but you were like, that's, that's not being resilient. That's just you being forced into doing something that you didn't want to do. Yeah. So do you think people confuse that a lot? And why do you think they confuse it if they do? So it's kind of a tough question. I feel like I'm probably going to like shoot myself in the foot, but So I feel like when you're young, like you can be physically resilient, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you play for three hours of soccer and then you go back the next day and you're like totally fine, you know, great. You're 10 years old. Awesome. But like now, what am I trying to say? So when you're young, you don't really have a choice whether or not you're going to do something like Mm -hmm your parents sign you up for soccer. Now, if your parents are cool with you quitting, like, cool, like you can quit. Do I think that's great? No, because it just shows that you always have like an escape route and it doesn't, it doesn't teach you commitment. It doesn't teach you how to be on a team. It doesn't teach you that other people are depending on you to show up to do the thing that you said you were going to do. Right. So when your parents let you quit, I don't think that's beneficial for anybody. But that doesn't really teach you resilience either where it's like 
you're not good at something, I'm not going to let you quit. Like you need to, to, to at least try. Mm-hmm. You need to at least try. And if you suck, then maybe we'll let you, out of embarrassment for your parents, we'll let you, you know, leave. Yeah, that's a really good point. But I'm not, like, when I have kids, now I say this now, right? I don't know if my little girl or my little boy tells me, like, I suck at soccer. I'm going to be like, you do suck. Let's, let's, I'm going to take you out. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't run straight with the ball. Like, we've practiced. You suck. But I'm going to try, like, my parents never let me quit anything unless Mm -hmm. I was, like, really adamant and I could say, these are the reasons why I do not like coming. Right? And it nine times out of 10 was never, I couldn't do the movements or I couldn't do something. It was, I don't like the way I'm treated when I'm here. Mm. I don't like how I feel when people talk to me this way when I'm at this specific location. Mm. That's actually a really good approach. Yeah. And that's how like, and my parents were like, okay, you know, so they started kind of going to my practices and they were just kind of keeping an eye out for it, you know? And, and I think, you know, my parents and I came to like an agreement, like, okay, yeah, you're not treating my kid the way, you know, you're treating the other kids. Mm-hmm. Like it, it became very apparent. And that's when my parents pulled me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't because I wasn't good at it. And it wasn't because I like cried and cried and cried. It was just, I was the overweight kid in competitive gymnastics and I was treated differently because I wasn't 30 pounds and the coach's daughter. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm 12. Like, what am I supposed to do? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like if your kid just doesn't want to be there or, you know, he's like, I'm not good at something. Like, I think it's, or even if you, like, if you're not good at something, I think it's important for you to try. Mm-hmm. To, to prove to yourself that like I might not get it the first time or the second or the third time but like the fourth time it might work like you can do hard things mm-hmm. and by doing hard things you build confidence and you build that resiliency mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and eventually you'll build that emotional resilience mm-hmm. that we all seek right because your body can is is resilient if you feed it right and you take care of it and you show it like care but your mind you have to train your mind to to be like okay like i messed up or i didn't do that right let me look at a way to fix it let me look at a way so i can show up better for other people and for myself mm-hmm. and then you do yeah 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 i like i like i like your parents approach to it because i felt like i did feel at times with volleyball that it was something that was pushed on me to stay committed to rather than it coming from a place of me being all in and wanting to commit to it. Like mm-hmm. there are definitely times, cause I had some situations that were not super favorable in terms of my interactions with teammates and things. Yeah. Um, not all of them, just like a select few. Um, and I mean, it really like, it really ruined the sport for me. Like it just, it, it, it didn't make it fun. Like it, it didn't make it fun. And, and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't excite me to want to be there, you know? But I mean, I, I wasn't allowed to quit. 
I, I wasn't allowed to quit. And, you know, looking back on it, like I'm, I was really resentful in the moment because there were so many times that I was just like, man, I hate this. Like, I just, I just really hate this and I don't want to be here. And, and if anyone knows me, like volleyball, like for me, that was like my like lifeline going through middle school, going through high school. Like that was everything that I lived and breathed for my, all of my teenage years. So for me to really be that adamant to say that I didn't want to do something that I loved that much, like there was definitely a driving force behind that. But it was never a matter of like, all right, Natalie, like what is it that, what is it that's really making you feel this way? You know, it's, it it was a matter of, okay, you're going to do this. You're not, you're not allowed to back down from this. This is something that you've invested in. We've invested in, like, you're not allowed to walk away from this. Right. And I mean, there were a lot of times that I, ha- I was really resentful for it. And granted, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to my parents for continuing to push me because I mean, I really did have to re-alter how I viewed things to show up every single day. Like I really did. I mentally like had to just push through the hurdle of, all right, this is like, this is sucky right now, but I'm, I'm here. You know, all I can do is what I can do, you know, and just do my best. That's it. So as much as it was like a downer for me, a lot of days in high school, um, I'm grateful that I went through that experience because it did help me break through that mental barrier, which I feel like a lot of people like, and I'm not just saying teenagers, I'm talking even adults they can't, they can't push through that. They, they can't, they can't get through the hurdle of challenging themselves to, to keep showing up and to keep moving forward in something when, when things are hard. So why do you feel that's the case though, Allie? Like, why do you feel like we struggle sometimes to challenge ourselves to do more when we're faced with difficult situations? So like, let me just use like work, for example, right? So when you're trying to do things and you're constantly being, I don't want to say like rejected, but your ideas are constantly being rejected or you say like, you know, you've offered suggestions on how to improve, but nothing changes and like nothing happens. And you're, it's like, it's like this continuous cycle of, of nothing happening. Of disappointment. Of disappointment. So a lot of people, I'm like, it's, it's happened to me too. I'm just like, what's the point of trying? Mm-hmm. What is the point of trying if nothing changes? What mm-hmm. is the point of trying if every time I do try, it's like I get shit on? Mm-hmm. And it is very hard to get over that. Um, it is very challenging to get up and try again when you're constantly being shoved back down. Right. Um, and I feel like that's not, not saying that that's how like every work environment is, or even if, you know, like you're in, you're in the dating world, you know, um, and you know, you're on Bumble or Tinder. Granted, I've never been on these apps. So like, I'm literally talking out of my ass, but like you form these connections with people and they all end up being shit connections. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you date, these guys or date these girls and they all end up being shit partners. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, what the fuck is the point? Right. 
Like I, I'm done with love. I'm done with dating people. I'm done with trying to find somebody. But it's, I feel like at that point it becomes about other people and it doesn't become about you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So like the focus needs to be reshifted. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I feel like the constant rejection is definitely something that people are not, it's uncomfortable. Like it's just, it's flat out uncomfortable. Like, and I mean, we've talked, we've talked about this, like professionally speaking, like when I applied for new jobs, the amount of rejections that I got were unbelievable. Like I must've applied, God, I must've applied to at least like, like 30 jobs maybe um, over the course of a year, you know, which that's a, that's a lot like that. I just remember like spending whole weekends just dedicated to trying to find something new because it, it just wasn't, things were not aligning for me. There is a disconnect and it was just like rejection after rejection after rejection. And I told Brandon, I was like, it's like, my God, I was like, am I, I was like, is it me? What? Like, Fuck. No, I was like, is it me? Like, is it, is it, am I really that underqualified? Like a student that has like at, oh, at that time, three years of experience, um, professional experience, had a master's degree at that time. I was like, am, am I really like that low on the totem pole where they, they won't even send me a rejection email. They just won't even reply back. Right. And, and he's like, you know, he's like, I know it's frustrating. Like, I know it's frustrating. He's like, but it's their loss. Like it really is their loss. And if they can't take the time to see how valuable you are, what you bring to the table, like forget them, just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep applying, keep, keep going. Like do not let these rejections discourage you because I take a lot of pride in my work. Like, and that's part of it too. Like it's an ego thing, right? Like I feel like, I feel like when your pride is so much tied to failure, like this kind of becomes really hard to like to be resilient, right? Like when you, when you are so much of a, like a success oriented person or like a goal oriented person and you fail, like you hit rock bottom. I feel like those people really struggle with this because they're, success, the outcomes of an action are so directly tied to an identity of themselves that when they don't achieve it, it's like, like literally getting your heart ripped out. Right. But it, it's, you just have to keep moving forward with it. Like you just have to keep going. And I feel like we really struggle too with being resilient and finding that sense of, of, of commitment and that sense of driving ourselves when things are hard or when things are really good, because on the flip side, like this, this applies, this can apply to something as simple as a weight loss goal. I mean, I know we talk about it all the time, but like part of the, part of the reason why, and this will go in my next point, but part of the reason why people stop with their weight loss progress is because they don't immediately see the progress. Like they don't, they don't see it as rapidly as they want or, or their goal is not, or their success is not happening as the same as Sally Sue's or Johnny Smith, like whoever. Yes. Or it's, they don't stick around long enough. So, sorry, let me just go on like a quick tangent. When, no, you're you're, good. when you start a weight loss program or a lifting program or you're starting to eat better, you will not lose weight automatically. Mm-mm. 
Your body takes time to adjust whether you are going keto, you're eating the same things, only portioning them out, or you're becoming vegan, or you're introducing meat again, or you're whatever it is that you're doing, your body needs time to freaking like acclimate. And and if you're starting to work out on top of that, your body is going to be inflamed a little Mm -hmm. bit in the beginning because it's your muscles are being broken down. They're being rebuilt. Your body's probably holding on to some water. You go through this fluff stage because you're building muscle, but you're not like burning fat just yet. Mm-hmm. You're eating better food. Your body's just like, what the F is going on? Why don't I have Chick-fil-A for every meal? Like what, 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 what's happening? So your body's learning. Like, it's having to, to, to re-operate itself. Reprogram itself. Thank you. Re- yeah. Sorry. You know yeah. what I meant reprogram itself and like it just it just takes time okay and beautiful statement it takes time yes because that that was going to be my point i feel like people struggle with this because we live in a society now of instant gratification i mean that's just what it comes down to like we live in a place of instant gratification. I mean, look at Amazon. I swear, I feel so bad for our Amazon delivery people. They're at our house, like, probably every single day. Hold on. My friend told me that Amazon Prime account is, like, it's not, like, worth it. Mm, no, false. It's definitely worth it. Uh, I'm going to have to ask her what she means by that because she was, like, she's, like, a budgeter. Like, she coupons. She budgets. She literally breaks down. Like, she's, like you but like on crack so i'm gonna ask her what she means by that because she like budgets down to like how much she spends on vegetables okay that's a little that's hardcore but i will say when i can order something at 7 a.m and get it by 9 p.m that same day and i don't have to leave my house i'm okay with that like that's convenience and that's the other thing too where we live in a society of instant gratification and we also live in a society of convenience when those things are not being met, that is very uncomfortable for us. And I'm, I'm going to generalize here because I fall into this bucket too. Like I rage when my Amazon order is not here in like two days. Like, what is that? Like you tell me it's going to be here in two days. I expect it to be here in two days. Similarly, for folks that are going through a weight loss situation, we struggle with it when we do not immediately see the results when we uh, have been dieting for 48 hours and we haven't lost in 10 pounds oh my god what is wrong with me why isn't this working i can't do this i should just stop now so i think part of the challenge is to why we struggle with this and why we we really find it difficult to challenge ourselves is because we are not willing to wait for the results of whatever it is that we are working for. Like, we're just not willing to wait for it. And I saw this um, quote on here um, on the interwebs that I really liked. And it was talking about resilience. And just let me read this. You guys sit with it for a second. It says resilience. You never know when you are minutes away from a breakthrough. You never know when you are one project away from the promotion. You never know when you are an hour of studying away from passing the exam. 
You never know when you are one song away from landing the record deal. That is why you keep going. That is why you keep trying. That is why when you fall down, you stand back up. Because the truth is too many people quit before even giving themselves a real chance. They stop because it isn't happening fast enough or how they thought it would work out. My beautiful friend, remember that all good things take time. Be patient and your time will come to. Mic drop. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Like, we're not willing... And, and this kind of goes back to like talking about like Stacy Flowers and things too with standards, right? We're not willing to... Wait, Stacy Flowers didn't talk about standards? Or expectations. Yeah. Send, the, send the chicken back. Like we're not willing to send the chicken back sometimes when things are not correct. You know what I'm saying? She finally got the story right, guys. I did. We're not willing to send it back. We're not willing to wait for something. Like we're, we're not willing to say that we are worth the time that we're putting into this. Like, we're just not willing to do that. We want it immediate. We want it like five minutes ago. And if we're not, it's not happening to us right now. It's not important enough to us to commit to it. That is the problem. That is the problem. Amen, sister. Anything to add to that before we go to the last cue? No, that was freaking bomb.com. Bomb.com. All right, so... Let's wrap this sucker up and put a bow on it. What are ways that we can develop our resilience, Allie? Just freaking don't stop doing what you're doing. Like once you hit that roadblock, and now I'm literally preaching to myself here, okay? So once you hit the roadblock, identify it, be like, cool, that's what like I'm about to jump over, okay? So establish the roadblock. Make a game plan and just freaking do it. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. But it's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And that once you make it over that roadblock, you are going to prove to yourself that you you can do it. You know, you're you're the only person keeping you from where you want to be. And if you haven't, purchased or read Dave Hollis's book, get out of your own way. Like this is like a shameless plug for him, but like get the book. Cause it is so freaking good. Um, you're the only person standing in the way of where you are and where you want to be and proving that you can get over these hurdles and these roadblocks and these obstacles is just going to give you more like confidence, what, confidence but like, mm, Fuel, fuel, more fuel to keep pushing forward and to keep just doing the damn thing. Mm -hmm. I need to like this part of the podcast back when I'm having sad days. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the other thing too is, and you, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. I think it's, um, setting real realistic expectations for yourself too. Like when you're, when you're starting the process of, of, of going after a goal or when you're starting the process of like trying to dig yourself out of whatever hole that you might be in, I think it's really critical to first start 
by setting realistic expectations for yourself. And I'm going to use, I'm going to use the example of weight loss here because that's, that's what I, I'm, I know, and I'm, I'm intimately close to because I go through this every single day of my life. But when you're committing to starting the process of, of going on a weight loss journey, sometimes people throw out like crazy numbers when they talk about oh, I, I, I'm going to start this weight loss goal. January 1, 2020, I'm going to lose 60 pounds. I'm going to lose 60 pounds. Okay. Here's how Natalie interprets something like that. Natalie interprets 60 pounds as a really big freaking goal. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you can't be aspirational. But what I am saying is if you're just setting the bar right out the gate for 60 pounds, you might intimidate yourself when you do not reach 60 pounds overnight. So one way to really flex this arm, if you will, of resilience is, all right, mini goals. I'm going to take that 60 pounds and I'm going to try and hit one pound a week. One pound a week. That's all I'm going to work towards. One pound a week and, and I'm going to feel good if I hit that goal. And incrementally, you will see the progress of your efforts build up. And that will continue to push you moving forward in something, especially weight loss, when you feel like you've kind of hit a dead end or if you feel like you don't have a a different uh, uh, way of looking at the situation. Another way of continuing is to document. Like, Ali, one of the things that you always told me with, with weight loss progress was take a freaking picture. Like, take a picture. Like, just one. Like, <laughs> that's it. I can't hear you. I think you're muted. Damn it. Yeah. Yes. 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 Take a freaking picture. Like, document your progress. Make, make some sort of physical representation, documentation, whatever you want to call of of what it is that you're working towards, what it is that you're trying to knock out. That way you have that list, you have that document, you have that visual that you can fall back on when you feel like giving up. (laughs) When you feel like giving up and when you feel like quitting, you can be able to look back to that thing and you can say, wow, wow, look how far I have come. Look how far I've come. Because a lot of the times people give up when they lose sight of how far they've come in the journey. So remind yourself, figure out a way to give yourself the grace and, and, and remind yourself of your progress when things are hard to continue moving forward because those reminders are where you're going to build you back up when you feel like you don't have the confidence to continue pushing forward. Anything you want to add there? No, I think you summed it up beautifully, my friend. Perfect. So yeah, guys. I hope that this episode, you know, gave you guys something that you can, it's like tangible that you can like take away with you and apply it to what you're going through right now. I think it's really transfer transferable. I don't know. I think it's, um, it could be applied to a lot of different areas of your life is what I meant by that. Um, but yeah, we're trying, you know, during right now, like the, time that we're going through, like with everything that's happening. And we're trying to just, you know, keep, keep things light, but also provide a lot of value for you guys. And, you know, we're here for you. And, um, 
yeah, we're just excited that we have a lot of really fun stuff planned and we're going to keep all of this energy up and not stress over the Voldemort virus. No. And uh, yeah, we're just going to. We're going to roll with it. Yeah. So we hope you guys are having a great Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this episode. Um, Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. And as always, you guys, you can find us on Instagram at my not so balanced life um, for our shared handle or at our personal handles, unapologetically Allie to find Allie or it's just me dot Natalie. Um, We release episodes every single Tuesday and you can find us on all major platforms. And as always, please, 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 please like, share, repost your stories, get the word out about us because we want to make some more friends. But that's all she wrote, you guys. We love you as always. Take care. Stay safe. Um, Don't let this Voldemort issue get the best of you. And we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.